This FPL season has definitely been go, go, go. A nonstop hustle all the time. Matches, deadlines, unexpected blank and double game weeks, on top of everything the real world has had in store. Sometimes you need a moment to turn off and hit reset. That's when you reach for Coors Light. It's made to chill. For me personally, supporting Fulham during this last year has been a true roller coaster ride. Honestly, when that Adama Traore goal flew past Areola in the 92nd minute of game week 31, the only thing that saved my mental state, the only thing that calmed my nerves, was cracking open a Coors Light. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. The mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. That way, you always know when it's time to chill. When you need to hit reset, just open a Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. And listen, everyone, summer is pretty much here. It's about to get hot in New York. An ice-cold Coors Light is such a perfect way for me to beat that summertime heat. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light and the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate. Hey, cheaters, and welcome to the Always Cheating Fantasy Premier League podcast brought to you this week by Axia Sports. My name is Josh. Brandon, how are you? I'm great, Josh. It feels good. We've been uh, about two weeks since we've last podcasted, you and I. So the band's back together. Feels good. It does feel good. It's, uh, yeah, we had, we, had, we had some special guests on. Thank you very much to, uh, to Ian and, and Dave for the, the secret podcast that uh, will never secret be released. Yeah. The Invisible Secret Podcast. Um, yeah, I was thinking that uh, it is nice to have a normal podcast, but of course, uh, nothing is normal this season, <laughs> no, is it? No, no, it's not. <laughs> I, was, I was thinking before we started recording, what do I think about FPL? And I think that there are seasons in which we get the FPL that we want. There are mm-hmm. seasons that we get the FPL that we need. And mm-hmm. this season, more than any, I think we get the FPL that we deserve. So <laughs> here we are in, in yeah. the midst of game week nine in this, the season of 2019, 20, and we're getting the FPL we deserve. That's a good point. Cause it can always be like this, you mm-hmm. know, like it could be like this every, every year, you know? And if it was, there'd be like eight people who, who still played. So uh-huh. uh, you're right. It, it's not, it is not always like this. If you're a first time manager and you're like, man, this seems like kind of wild. Like uh, the two most attacking teams uh, in the, the kind of mid table region uh, just played a nil, nil draw. Uh, <laughs> like how often does that happen? You're like, never, that mm-hmm. never happens. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I feel like Bournemouth and Norwich could play 873 times over the next, you know, century and they would never they would never play another nil nil again like it was was, that's how shocking it was Pookie's great great grandchild (laughs) will score five against Nathan Ake's great great grandchild and it will be exactly it'll be a great game well I'll I hope to live that long to (laughs) see forward to that one yeah (laughs) Yeah. I look I I think I'll be uploaded to the cloud by then so I will be able to (laughs) to watch that one on YouTube TV or something um so just just a weird game week and uh it's been a, it's been a there's been a few of them in a row um uh trophy fpl said is there a level setting in fpl and if so how do i turn it down 
that uh, that's I think that's how a lot of us are feeling right now. The difficulty level feels pretty high this <laughs> <Yeah>. season. <laughs> I, I was online playing FIFA 20 with some of our Patreon members yesterday, and you know a lot of people are kind of grousing about how the difficult the defense, the AI defense, is a little more difficult on FIFA 20, and maybe they ratcheted up the difficulty on FPL at the same time. And it's, it feels like it's a universal theme around football games writ large. Yeah, I guess so. And uh, I'm not sure, like you said, I guess we deserve this. I don't really know. Uh, you know, we're going to talk about our teams a little bit. Um, the theme of this week's episode, which we'll do in just a second, uh, the theme of this week's episode is how does a bad season happen? Mm-hmm. And what can be done about it, if anything? Mm-hmm. Okay, so uh, that's the thing we're going to get to in just a moment. Uh, Gabe Castiano said, I think we need five minutes of ranting by Josh. It is not healthy to keep all the anger inside, Josh. So, Brandon, I'm not going to do what y'all think I'm going to do, which is, which, is, which is freak out, <laughs> uh-huh. okay? Okay, Jerry I'm not going to go fully, full Jerry Maguire uh-huh. here. Um, it was not a great week for me. Okay, so I'll start off with the recaps and then you can do yours. Okay, okay. yeah, sure. Uh, so I, you know, I have, uh, you know, nine starters so far. I mean, thankfully, I have played people who played on my bench. Uh, yeah, so Mo Salah uh, does not feature today. Mm-hmm. That was like the, that was, that one, that one hurts. Um, you know, we'll get to, we'll get to that more in a, in a moment. Okay. Um, Zinchenko doesn't play at all yesterday. That's, that's, that's fine. I kind of thought that might happen. Sure, no, we no all knew that there. was coming. Yeah. So the big issue for me was uh, that I decided to – I decided I needed to have Abraham in my squad. It was kind of a safety coverage pick, but also a pick based on his form and their fixtures. And there are lots of reasons to bring in Tammy Abraham. You brought, you did the same thing. Yeah, it seemed like uh, probably the yeah. smartest, easiest pick that we're going to make this first half mm-hmm. of the season. Yeah, exactly. Uh, now, of course, I feel like a total dullard who's just following the herd yeah. <laughs> after he blanks again. That'll but that's, happen, yeah. you know, that's, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, so I, I'm i like, I, I need Abraham. I want Abraham. Uh, how do I do it? I can do either two things. I can um, I can move uh, Zinchenko to uh, Rico, mm-hmm. and that would fund a move uh, to bring him in. Or I could move, uh, uh, <laughs> I could move my... I, I can move Wickham into Josh King, and then I would have enough money to move Allaire to Abraham. Uh, either way, I had to burn four. So, of course, I go with the latter move, thinking, well, Bournemouth hosting Norwich uh, at home, they should slaughter them 4 0, 5 0. Josh King always starts. Uh, he seems like a great pick, and yeah. Bournemouth always concede. So, uh, I, don't, <laughs> I don't really feel like I need to have uh, Rico on my team because I won't be uh, playing him that often. Nor anyway. would you want to get rid of Pookie in that situation. Right, exactly. Nor do I want to get rid of Pookie in that situation either. So I hold Pookie, who gets me one point. I bring in Josh King, who doesn't start and gets me one point. Zinchenko doesn't play at all, so there's zero points there. Go on. Um, and Diego Rico, who I didn't bring in, uh, gets a clean sheet and all three bonus points. So that's <laughs> he, that was you know less he got than two bonus. less than ideal. He did only get two bonus points for the record. Oh, did he? Yeah. Okay, so that's just a seven. Yeah, point one of the one eight. of the Smith slash Cook family got uh, all three bonus points in the Bournemouth team. <laughs> So that was not awesome. And then uh, and then I decided I'm going to captain Kevin De Bruyne. Uh, just have a lot of faith. I, I went big um, on the uh, Kitchen Table podcast this week, but then even on Twitter, I stuck to my guns. I said, you know what? I think that uh, Man City are going to dominate Crystal Palace um, on the road mm-hmm. and that De Bruyne um, – I, I sort of kind of ranked things actually. And I was like, you know, and I'll be honest here. I said if I had Aguero, I would, I would captain him, yeah. um, which seemed like a very reasonable move. He hadn't played for two weeks and – 
Um, you know, we, there have been rumors that he was nursing uh, like a heel injury, yeah. but I mean, by all accounts, he was fine. Mm-hmm. You know, or I don't know, not all accounts, I guess. But um, so I went with De Bruyne, and he proceeds to have a three pointer that could have been, I mean, what like a nineteen pointer yeah, or something? The most I mean, sensational three point game you'll hope to see. He came so close to a headed goal that went off the post shortly after he was just standing in front of the open unmarked. goal, unmarked, waiting for yeah. Jesus to yeah. pass him the ball. And that was the the pass, the not pass heard round the FPL world. Uh, I mean, TVs must have been thrown yeah. out of countless windows. <laughs> and then that, that ignores, of course, also the penalty that wasn't, yeah. where Will Zaha uh, just clattered into Kevin De Bruyne and... Uh, but they've decided this year that they're never going to reverse a penalty decision based on a foul in the box. Like they should have told us that going into the season, right? Like it would, it would have saved us all a lot of grief. They were like, you know what? We're never going to let it happen. I mean, if a pinky finger touches that ball, then sure. Yeah. That's a handball. That's a, that's a penalty. Anything, anything that doesn't involve hands will never get repealed. Yeah. I mean, that is a foul anywhere else in the, I don't, I mean, I don't want to like go on about this, like whatever, but like, it's just like, why even don't even review it? You know, like it's, it's var, var is a little it. bit like uh, walking into a heist with an unloaded gun and you start waving this unloaded gun around, like you're actually going to do some damage. And, but <laughs> The, the VAR monitors aren't are apparently plugged into anything. No one can actually see these uh, replays in the booth as far as I can tell. Maybe And maybe it's like not a good idea for the people who are running VAR to be referees who are like not managing that day. Right. Because it's like they just like shift these guys around. So it's like it's like a whole like group of buddies. Right. None yeah. of them want to like embarrass their friend. Yeah. You know? Michael it's Oliver was like, in the booth yeah. for the city game. Right. And then uh, he was also in the booth, I think, for the early kickoff. Um, on Saturday. It's crazy too because Michael Oliver I think is like the best ref in the Premier League. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's it's I don't know, it's a strange one. But, you know, I'm sure he just didn't want to embarrass his friend and that's what they're kind of, you know, they want to uphold the integrity of the refs on the field. But it makes it kind of farcical i think and so you know so just a, a rough game week and then uh yeah we get to sunday and i'm like i really you know salads dropped by six hundred thousand managers going into this game week. i really need him to do something to to just redeem my week a little bit uh and then the rumors start to come in that he's uh that he's not playing that he's not in the 18 that he wasn't spotted at the hotel Jurgen Klopp comes out and says there's there was no chance of him ever starting on Sunday <laughs> where, where did any get... of you got the idea <laughs> that he was and it was like Amazing. I got the idea from your press conference and then the embargoed quotes that were released on Sunday were about how Salah had never scored at uh, at Old Trafford and that uh-huh. you know he thought it was just a fluke and that he was gonna be able to redeem himself this time around <laughs> and so like ever like there was no it's the the idea that Klopp didn't sort of indicate that Salah was was at least in contention yeah. to play on Sunday uh, was was a joke. So, yeah, so not a great game week. Uh, you know, we're, we're recording this on Sunday night. Lundstrom plays tomorrow. I, if Lundstrom could just get me, and I don't want to be greedy here, you know, yeah. but I'm, if I got 27 or 28 points from him, I feel like it would start to turn things around a little bit. Yeah. Uh, as it is, it looks like I'm on uh, 28 points with Lundstrom to go. So that's where we are. Great. I am also on 28 points, but it looks like my, uh, well, it doesn't look like my captaincy will shift over to Tammy Abraham. I actually uh, listened to your Thursday night podcast, Josh, and you convinced me to move the armband from Tammy over to Aguero. Of course, it was futile. 
because Aguero mm-hmm. doesn't get a minute. I was actually sweating bullets at the end of that um, City Crystal Palace match because if Aguero yeah, comes in for a, a one-point cameo, then that's one point doubled instead of Abraham's two points doubled. And then because Aguero doesn't play, I'm getting Cantwell's three points coming off of my bench. So I have 28 plus right. five with Lundstrom to go ahead of that Arsenal match. And um, I think... Right now, I'm on a red arrow. If Aubameyang doesn't do anything sensational tomorrow, maybe I can break even or get a small, small green arrow. Uh, but we're really—I don't think anyone's making a huge amount of headway in game week nine, and that's the—that's basically the big headline. Yeah, yeah. I mean, someone's doing well, uh, but uh, yeah, it's not me and you. I—I I really had a moment uh, when when it was confirmed that he wasn't coming, that he wasn't playing. It was like. Like I saw red, you mm-hmm. know, like, but then I sort of like came out the other side, you know, I was, I was really frustrated. Actually, I even talked to my like wife, you know, which like I, I tried not to bring fantasy in, but I was just like, I'm like, I don't even know what to do here. I'm like, I'm so frustrated. And I was like, I, I hate to feel this way. Like, how do I, and it's like, it's that classic, like kind of talking cure thing where it's like, once you start to like, just be like, why in the world am I so mad about this? That you, you, it starts to like go away yeah. a little yeah. bit, you know? And then, uh, and then by the time I got to the, the Black Horse, where you know I met up to watch uh, matches today, I was kind of fine, you know, and I was kind of like, whatever, uh-huh. you know. <laughs> so uh, yeah, so that's my that's my recommendation. If you are mad about the game week, <laughs> don't go yell on Twitter. Go find someone to like. <laughs> To, to talk, talk to i'm not saying go find like a therapist necessarily yeah. just like go like talk to somebody and just be like isn't this crazy you know like uh isn't this you know and even like even if you, even if the person doesn't know anything about fantasy just yeah. saying it out loud you're like oh because it's like when you hear yourself you're like oh right this is fine. it's true and i think <laughs> you know? i think as um yeah. as fantasy content creators such as we are i think that's important in so many ways that the talking cure because a lot of people will come to us and say what do i do and I love the method of let's talk about this. I'm not going to tell you, well, obviously you should turn Pookie into Jamie Vardy. Let's try and figure mm-hmm. out, let's talk about it. And ultimately then the solution will come to pass and, and maybe we'll come to it together. You'll come to it on your own. So maybe this right. episode of Always Cheating is going to be a little bit of a talking cure because you put out the call early, earlier that we're podcasting. Everyone ran, everyone rage. Uh, let's, let's yeah. get a little of this off our chest and talk about how a bad season happens and how we might be able to <laughs> yeah. rectify it. Exactly. We're going to try to end it. We're going to try to stick the landing here and end on a high note. I will say just, just, uh, quickly at the start that we got over a hundred, uh, questions for the podcast across, uh, Slack and, and Twitter and other, other spots, emails and DMs. So, um, if, if you're, uh, if your question did not make the podcast, uh, it was just, it was a tough, tough cut this week. Uh, it was hard to get all the questions in. So, so Brandon, before we get into, uh, rants and, and, coming up through the other side and all that stuff. Uh, quickly, just to note, uh, if you would like to support the podcast, if you like the cheaters, if you want a community of people to rant to, uh, become an OSG Patreon supporter. We've got more than 500 of them. Uh, and Brandon, I'm putting the thank yous at the top of the podcast this week. I, I don't want people who don't listen all the way through to think that we're 
lying, Brandon. We do get new patrons every week. <laughs> we're not week. liars now. Uh, so just, yeah, we're not liars. So just quickly this week, uh, thank you to Mark, uh, to a new Volkswagen patron, Mark Fotheringham. Uh, new Lord Sirloff patrons, Yannick Manwaring, Sir uh, Sjur Flage. Uh, that's S J U R F L A G E. Apologies for the mispronounce. I'm just going to spell it out this time because <laughs> I safer feel like that I way. Yeah, may have uh-huh. mispronounced their name. Uh, Pedro Lutch, uh, Shiv, uh, Moharia, and Magnus Meltzer. Great name, Magnus Meltzer. Uh, if you'd like to support the podcast, uh, go to patreon.com slash always cheating. You get access to an extra Patreon podcast each week. Uh, just for Patreon supporters, you get access to the Patreon Slack, uh, a really, truly wonderful community. We had a chance to meet another um, another member of the Slack um, at the bar today, which was a lot of yeah, fun. Yeah, yeah. Great to meet you, Andy. Thanks for coming by. Yep. And uh, so, yeah, if you, if you like the podcast, if you want to say thank you, uh, you want to kick in a few shekels, that would be awesome. So once again, patreon.com slash always cheating. Great. We'll take a quick break and be back with our main topic. How does a bad season happen? All right, Brandon, we're back. Main topic this game week. How does a bad season happen and what's to be done about it? Uh, we have some opening rants here, though. I mean, you got to you got to if you're going to talk about coming up to the other side, you have to, like, get into the rants for a minute, mm-hmm. don't you? You got to, yes. like, dig in there. So let's why don't we alternate these? OK, okay. I mean, let's read five rants just like boom, like five out of the gate, just to like, just to let people know what we're dealing with. And after five, should we just let into a big primal scream? Like if you're listening to this and driving right now, pull the car over and just start screaming as loud as you can. It's a good idea. Yeah. Okay. So the first one here we've got is from Polly. You never walk alone. Is this the worst FPL season in history? Great question. Uh, Then FPL general says, why do we do it to ourselves? FPL Doc coming in here with everyone seems to be throwing in their towels and giving up on the season. I thought it was mathematically impossible, but is everyone just getting red arrows at the moment? Sam Danby says, from an FPL perspective, nobody knows what the heck is going on and who to have in their team. But isn't it a great season otherwise? Sam, so positive. And Jeremiah Johnson adds, ADHD season so far. That's attention deficit Hyperactive disorder, I think. Yeah, I think that's well right. Done. Yeah, yeah. Not that's right. not much consistent or predictable, frustrating or fun. I say embrace the chaos. It's also Jeremiah trying to embrace what might be positive from this this mad opening to the season. Yeah, uh, radical acceptance. It's a, it's a good idea if you can if you can do it. Um, so any and do we want to comment anything here? I mean, is it the worst FPL season in history? I mean, so far, I would say yes. I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, it sounds hyperbolic. There have been a lot of bummers. The one thing that I want to call attention to is the comment from FPL Doc, who um, is kind of pointing out how is it that everyone is losing? How is it that everyone is getting red arrows? And, yeah, you know, I don't want to sound like a parent talking down to everyone, but I'm sorry, you can't always win. You are not always the winner. <laughs> you know, I don't want to be the uh, guy who's like, this is, we live in a society of like participation ribbons and everything like that. You either win or you lose. But mm-hmm. uh, that's just the way it is. We, we, <laughs> we will have seasons where it's just not great and we don't win. And uh, that's this true. Is one it, of these seasons. And it may be the worst season, but it is not the least interesting season in history. That's for sure. You know, our traffic's been great. 
it's, it's an interesting time, you know. There's a lot to yeah. uh, there's a lot to think about here. Try to figure out what the what the heck's going on. But uh, yeah, it, yeah. So I mean, we've we've had really boring template years where you just. I mean, the Mo Salah's first season was probably kind of a boring season in a way, right? It was. Um, I mean, I Salah and a couple other players, so I'm not going to remember right now. I feel like there yeah. was a couple of uh, uh, Chelsea defenders. Maybe, or you think and about it was like. You think about SAS or you know Robin Van Persie when he was still at Arsenal, where there were the players that you got in and you rode these mm-hmm. guys to the top of your mini league if you were lucky enough to get them before everyone else immediately did. And that was yep. the season, done and dusted. So it's yep. very frustrating that we're having to just like work for our points week after week after week. It's It's become like less a going into a cushy corner office job. Now FPL is a going into the mines sort of a job. <laughs> it's it's a funny thing because I was talking to somebody earlier and I was like, uh, again, my wife actually, um, she's not somebody. And I was like, so FPL is my hobby and my hobby makes me miserable. Is it time to get a new hobby? And it was like, no. Like in the end, no. The answer is, you know, um, the fact that I'm even engaged, you know, is like that's it's it's fun. Like it's even when it's bad, it's kind of fun in a way. You know, it's like I mean, it's like a pro- it's like a problem that has to get solved at that point. Yeah. Right. Like yeah. it's you know, you sort of yeah, you may have to recalibrate your expectations and maybe you have to like mourn that for a little while. You know, <laughs> like, yeah, like yeah. maybe, you know, at some point you're like, yeah, OK, top like, you know, top 1000 season probably probably not going to happen, you know, and I feel like once you get over that and you like once you can like accept that it's not going to be probably your best season ever in fantasy, assuming that that's the case, uh, which is almost definitely the case for me this year. And then you sort of find new like new things to to care about, you know, yeah. and you sort of, you know, I don't know, like it's I, I feel like you just have to find new things to to keep to motivate. Maybe maybe that's just like jump over people. You know, yeah. you're like, all right, I'm in eighth place in a mini league. Uh, let me get to, you know, fifth place by, you know, December or whatever, you know. I have a question for you. So I'm interested in the Venn diagram of uh, being a football fan and being a fantasy fan. And where Uh is the overlap and where isn't the overlap? Do you think that you are paying closer attention to the actual football and the actual Premier League this season because you're having a tougher time with your fantasy team? Hmm. Do you do you understand what I'm asking? Like, yeah, is, is I, a fantasy season yeah. like this calling more attention just to the narrative outside of fantasy? Are you able yeah. to see that picture a little more clearly? Because is fantasy less distracting because it is kind of diabolical? No, to be totally honest, I would say it's it's the opposite. I feel like it's it's harder to watch because um, because I've been kind of frustrated, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, I the thought of going back and watching the Man City highlights, for example, <laughs> would be I can't even imagine. And because of that, it's like I don't even want to watch like a match of the day kind of roundup because I know that those highlights will be in there. <laughs> and uh-huh. it, it, last season, uh, which is my best ever season, and um, you know, 
in the top 1000 for the last 10 weeks. I mean, I was watching a boatload, even if it was just like to relive a good game. <laughs> sure, week, you know, yeah, I'd yeah. go back just and re-watch. shooting it straight into your veins like an addict. Well, that's it's, it's like the dream, right? Yeah. That's like the dream. You know, it's like things are going well. And then they, it's like this reflected glory, like, oh, I'm a genius because Mo Salah scored as if like I assisted him in the past. <laughs> or something. Uh-huh, yeah. You know, it, but there is a like you feel the reflected. It's like the whole that's the whole why we do fantasy. Yeah. Right? It's a sort of, right. you know, uh, sort of try to try to plug in to the game in a different way, in a way that's sort of fun and that you get to own mm-hmm. as opposed to sort of maybe passively watching. Um, so what about you? I mean, do you think you think you're watching more this year because you're trying to puzzle everything out? You know, I think that I actually am. And, and Chelsea is really an interesting example because as as I have recorded on this podcast, I've never been interested in Tammy Abraham at all. And because he bubbled up, and I guess a striker like Tammy will bubble up in other seasons, like Jimenez last season. But uh, Callum Hudson Odoi coming back from injury and him becoming a sensation uh, in Chelsea and now in the FPL conversation, Mason Mount. So Chelsea was just this team that invited my fandom and my uh, interest in just watching them play. Uh, and and then it's overlapping with fantasy. And I need players that are in that price bracket. And whether it's at Chelsea or whether it's at Bournemouth or Norwich I feel, or, or Aston Villa, I mean, do we have to talk about Jack Grealish? Has it come to this? So it's right. I think I, I like right now I'm at a point where I'm shopping around for assets and every weekend it's kind of like a bazaar. I get to go out and and watch the games and see who's interesting, who's appealing. Um, I understand. I'm saying that like it's fun. Um, <laughs> I am as aggravated as everyone else is, uh, but I do feel like I am a little more engaged with the narrative of the, of the league more than I have been in, in recent seasons. Well, fair enough. I, I, you know, God bless you. Somebody, somebody needs to be. So, um, all right, let's move on to a couple of questions here. Maybe we'll start this pivot now towards trying to, trying to put a positive spin on, on things. Uh, not even a positive spin, just get a little perspective, you know? Sure. Uh, so Vinyl Ritchie says, uh, can you please elaborate your views on risk taking versus playing it safe? I feel like I took a big risk when I dropped Sol on my wild card a few game weeks ago. Uh, Brandon uh, did as well. And, uh, so Sal has collected five points in those three game weeks. He says, how does the game reward me a 600,000K <laughs> or 600K uh, drop in overall rank? Uh, should we just stick to what we know with minimal risk or take a few punts here and there? I pose the question to you, Brandon. <laughs> has this has the season so far changed your risk versus uh, – I played it safe almost sounds too negative. Uh, yeah. Risk versus sort of – keeping the faith with your players. I think the trap here is trying to apply any logic to the season. We were sitting next to our friend Danny at the Black Horse, and we pulled up some teams uh, of people in his work league. And all these managers had great teams. You look at these teams, and they're just like bulletproof, top to bottom. And they're still on red arrows and 20 points on game week nine. What is going on? And yeah, um, Way, the way I feel at game week nine is it our, our patience is being tested to the point where I think this is going to be a 38 game week stretch of patience where you could see seasons where like take Hazard, for example, seasons past, be patient with him over the course of five to eight game weeks and he will repay you and then you drop him and then you move on, you get your points and you get out. I 
just feel like maybe this season we're looking at players who are only going to pay you back over the course of the entire season. A player like yeah. uh, Salah and Raheem Sterling are probably pretty good examples of this where everyone is thinking, is my money really well spent with these guys? Maybe it's only well spent if you are with them throughout the in- entire season. So, um, yeah, yeah. I, I, as as uh, Richie points out, I on my game week five wild card dropped Salah. I just didn't feel like his form was great, and uh, Liverpool's fixtures were a little troubling, and I dropped him. It worked out for me. I'm not patting myself on the back over here. I think I got pretty lucky, especially with the ankle injury that he picked up. Um, but that is the as as I was saying, there's really no logic to be applied here. You know, sometimes you're patient and sometimes you're shrewd. That was a moment in which I was shrewd with Raheem Sterling. I've been been being patient. I mean, do I feel great yeah. that I got an assist this week? Maybe. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, in a way. The assist is the only um, the only positive return of my entire team, so I, I guess I have to be pretty happy about that. Uh, but I think, uh, I mean, he probably could have had two or three goals. I mean, his shooting was unbelievably poor yes, in that game. It was. I, th- I think the I'm not sure that anything that's happened so far this season, and I, I think this is I don't think this is a punty answer. I think it's a real answer. I, I think that everything that's happened this season is so fluky and random that I don't want it to change my perspective too much. I mean, I'm looking at the the dream team for game week nine. Mm, okay. Yeah. This is the nine out of 10 matches played the dream team. The, it's a five, four, one. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, the only striker to make the dream team is uh, Danny Ings. You have Marcus Alonso, Daryl Yanmat, right, from the worst team in the Premier League so far this season, uh, Watford. Uh, Matt Target, Steve Cook, and Sidibe. That's your that's your five-man back line. Uh, total, the highest owned player in there is probably Marcus Alonso at 3.1%. Uh, through the middle, you've got uh, Jack Grealish, Harvey Barnes, David Silva, and Bernard. And then you have Ings up front. And I guess from that lot, David Silva at 10% is the most owned player. So uh, you have Jordan Pickford in goal, who is not particularly highly owned, uh, 9.3% of managers. And then you have Danny Ings up front, who's owned by 2% of managers. So you look at that and, I mean, you know, you could go back to the previous game week too and it's it's not that much different. Uh, Pickford again, by the way. Mm. Oh wait, no, that's that's game week nine. Sorry, I had to go back to the game. All right, so you go back to the game week before. It's Ben Foster, Jethro Willems, David Luiz, uh, who's been one of the worst players in the Premier League up until then. Uh, Lewis, <laughs> way Dunk. to get that dig in there. Yeah. I like it. Through, through the midfield, you have uh, Troy Array, who's never been able to shoot before, and suddenly is scoring braces away to Man City. Uh-huh. Uh, James James Milner, uh, Connor Hurahan, and Matt Longstaff. Uh, and then you also you do have Sadio Mane in there too, mm-hmm. uh, and then up front you have Wesley and Connolly, right? Mm-hmm. Connolly, who is now uh, is now up to one point seven percent ownership. It was basically zero point zero percent ownership yeah. for the season. I mean, if you had any one of those players outside of Sadio Mane, you were like 
you only did it because you were a fan <laughs> of that team. You know, yeah. it wasn't like you did it because you were playing the game super well. I mean, I guess yeah. some people got dunks points, but I think most people who got dunks points got them off the bench. They were playing at home to Spurs. You would expect them to concede in that match. Mm-hmm. So, and I can do this for probably most of the most of the game weeks so far in the season. The best team you could put together is a team that no one owns, <laughs> and I think, and that's what makes it such a such a kind of fluky season so far. I don't yeah. think it lasts though. I don't think it goes on forever. No. Um, and so I think because of that, I'm not going to change my approach at all i'm just going to i mean yeah I, I there are players who who have been forming well who have brought in people like uh um um like like tammy abraham you know i finally you know i, I mean you know there, there are players who have done well on the season so far and if you brought them in early that's that's to your credit but i think in general it's just been a little um wacky yeah there are players like jamie vardy who i've had for um since game week five and in that right. time he's returned three goals in five game weeks and it's a pretty good example of how to exercise patience this season where you see right. lots of fluctuation in, in attacking assets and here is one that is proven and he will return and um what was what was my point going to be? Just bragging, I think. Yeah, <laughs> good good brag, dude. <laughs> you know what's what's wild though is Jamie Vardy now has more points in the season than Raheem Sterling, yeah. uh, which you would never would have thought when Sterling. Uh, I think Sterling was outscoring him twenty to two after yeah. game week one, and yeah. uh, now he's outscoring him. So, but the, so it's like you you could try to pinpoint the the Connollys and and. Who's the other examples of the guys who are just going to be hot in that moment and try Mm -hmm. and get nail them in the exact week? Or you can try and look to in these times of stress, the proven assets that, you know, will just bear fruit over the course of the season. That's yeah. I mean, Matt Stewart says, I think it's clear that there's a lot of frustration on the FPL community, given that there seems to be no easy solutions. Uh, is it now more important than ever to avoid being too reactive to take advantage of others making bad decisions? I think that's exactly what you're saying, B. You know, yeah. it's uh, just, just yeah, stick to your stick to your approach. I mean, if you're the kind of person who's listening to this podcast, you're probably a pretty serious you know, you have to take the game seriously and then you have, you have a sort of a a smart approach, uh, more cases than not. And it's, it's one that's going to bear fruit. Um, you know, when things get a little less fluky. Exactly. All right. I'll throw Adam P's uh, point in here as well. He says, instead of lamenting the inconsistency of all of our players, should we actually be weirdly happy that there isn't a consistently performing template like in seasons past. So Adam Yaz embracing the weirdness. I was talking mm-hmm. with Ian last week about making FPO weird again. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, it, it's it's something I was hinting at earlier. And, and you and I are really hyper competitive people. You get yeah. me and Josh together and it's a very hotly contested head to head game week. And we can barely speak to each other sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it can we be can't, very, we really can't, we can't really meet up after either one of us have wildcarded. It's too, <laughs> it's too, uh, combustible, you know, it's really, yeah. yeah. But that's too much born, line. That's born out of some sort of expectation that somebody wins and that winning is something that you're entitled, not you're entitled to, but, um, Winning is just something that we want and we desperately want it. And maybe everyone is just so laser focused on winning and doing well. Maybe it's just we need to focus a little bit more on um, 
having fun. Yeah, having fun. And <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I mean, this is like, you know, I think of, uh, I, well, I'm going to table this for a moment, but there, there are some players who I think that are fun who I feel like maybe I'm going to start targeting now. Like maybe maybe it is time to start having a little more fun, you know, add a little more fun to your team. I'm not saying you drop Salah for a 4.5 million midfield. I'm just saying that maybe there's a couple players who – you know, maybe it's maybe maybe you shelve the uh, the Alaire for a while and you bring in somebody more fun. You know, just just throwing that out there. Um, all right. So next question comes from uh, by oh, Kerm, Barry Kermit. Uh, is that like a reference that you and I should get? That's like some like no clue. Like, yeah. Uh, Barry Kermit says, would you rather a guaranteed 10 10 K finish this year? But you didn't know what happened. So it seems like your skill. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> or they scrape VAR for eternity. So what do you think? Be 10 K finish or VAR gone uh, forever? Wow. This is like a real um, this is a sacrifice. As we were yeah. saying, we love winning. We love great. We love great rank finishes. But um, if it, if all it took was for me to have one bad season of FPL, for me to save football for the rest of its existence, <laughs> I think I'd have yeah. to do that because it would. I think it's pretty apparent after this game week that VAR is going to level this sport to the ground. It's incredible. I mean, you go through any website. You know, I I, I tend to be a Guardian reader when it comes to just getting, you know, uh, game reviews and things like that. I mean, almost every match headline now has VR in it. I mean, it is, it is the, it is the single most dominant force in all of football. Uh, and I don't want that. I totally agree with you. Like, give me a sheet of paper. I'll sign it right now. Uh, <laughs> you know, I'll even take like a 3 million finish if that's what it takes to scrape VR for eternity. Like that's, we'd be heroes. Yeah. It'd be worth it. Yeah. We would be heroes. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, final question to end, end the section on a high note. Uh, Joe from Fantasy Football Scout, very nice guy who you and I have done some things with, yeah, says yeah. Uh, on the Meet the Ma- on the Meet the Manager series. Josh said the FPL game can throw you a bone sometimes. It's a line I like. Says what and who are the best bones for the coming weeks? Uh, so I was talking about this earlier, Brandon. But if you if you decided you wanted to have a little more fun, right? You mm-hmm. wanted to maybe inject a little bit of kind of your player let's say you know somebody who i don't even really care about their ownership necessarily but just somebody who maybe isn't uh trendy or um super highly captained you know maybe not transferred in as much uh who who, you know who stands out for you well i think a player like callum hudson odoi who is new to the scene Mm -hmm. i mean he he doesn't need more people talking about him because i think uh particularly after his still small Still a small group. Yeah, though. his performance against Newcastle was outrageously good. He was involved in absolutely everything. And it's a, a team like Chelsea is – it's not a punt that's too far, right? Because a team like Chelsea, we've already talked to death over this season with Abraham and Mason Mount. So Hudson-Odoi comes in and he's offering a legitimate uh, third way into that team. Cheaper still. He's up to six point. He's 6.0 now. So I really think that that is the type of player that can inject some life force into your team. And the one player that actually did well for me in game week nine, and I just mentioned him, Jamie Vardy, uh, a little bit of a comfort blanket, right? Like you you see Jamie Vardy scoring goals and you feel the warmth of, of two, three seasons uh, that have gone by. And 
when when Raheem and Aguero aren't quite doing it for you, Jamie Vardy will be there, and I enjoy that. And yeah, yeah. So um, and and he is just nailed on to start. Or if you look at other nailed on to start guys like Harry Kane, just um, just like a tumbleweed blowing through. Uh, the new White Hart Lane. Yeah, I mean, the, one of the stories of both of our seasons, right, was uh, you and I both made big moves for Kane early on. Um, yeah, I think, uh, I mean, the one that stands out for me right now is uh, is Jimenez, is a player I kind of wanted to bring in this game week, and I couldn't quite find a way to do it. But now he has uh, a goal and two assists in his last two matches. Um, they He's been basically immune from rotation so far uh for for wolves despite the fact that they're still you know playing in the europa league and that obviously could change but uh you know it seems like he's he's kind of he's sort of that he's he's almost their harry kane in a way right he sort of does a little bit of everything he uh, scores he assists he's on pens uh did not uh leave uh for mexico over the international breaks he's probably a little bit fresher than he might have been otherwise and, uh, you know, it's, it's really tr- you know, tougher for the North, North and South American players, right? I haven't traveled uh, halfway across the world for a lot of these uh, internationals. I think what you so, may hear over he, the, ne- over the yeah. course of this week is that both with Vardy and Jimenez, that their stats don't really show a greatness. Like the, uh, I think Jimenez had two shots on target uh, against Southampton. I mean, it had a number of opportunities that were just erased from the stat sheet because of VAR. Um, and same with Jamie Vardy. He gets so precious few opportunities to score, but he does make them count. So I think there are arguments out there to be had against players like Jimenez and Vardy, which that's crazy. You don't bring them into your team. But I, that's why I like the angle of this conversation of relax. Maybe step step back from the stats a little bit because the stats don't seem to be helping anyone just this moment. <laughs> yeah, that's that's true. And you know, you got me thinking about this watching more like watching more match. Maybe I need to be watching games more. I last year I watched so much, and I think that I've been a little bit in like I've just been I've just pulled myself away a little bit out of frustration, and that probably is starting like a little cycle where I'm not really thinking critically, you know, about who I might want. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, Hudson and Doy is a perfect example. I mean, I think, um, I think you're, I think you're spot on with yeah. that one. So and, and just to, to yeah. J- Daniel so. James really blew me away. His performance against Liverpool. And I don't know if he was just every player that you have, this is what a turnaround yeah, for every you. player that it's like Daniel James will singled out <laughs> in this podcast. Yeah. Um, so I mean, He's he's been you know one game on one game off in terms of his performances, but I thought he looked exceptional today. And Jack Grealish too for Villa. I there is this spot that this McGinn spot in my FPL team where I'm thinking I'm getting a little anxious. I'm not choosing to exercise patience. I'm like mm, sideways move to Jack Grealish or. Uh, somebody like yeah. Callum Hudson Odoi. It does seem like that. We talked about this I think a couple weeks ago, but that that. KDB Aguero Sterling thing probably isn't going to last forever for you. Is that safe to say? Yeah, it is safe to say. It's a, it's just so much money, and Liverpool uh, are they will they will there will be a Liverpool reckoning uh, very yeah. soon, I'm sure. So, and just looking at what's going on with Aguero, he yeah. will be the first to go. It, it, the way the pattern is shaping up, Aguero won't start any away matches so long as Jesus is, uh, trains well and is healthy. 
So Aguero would be the first to go, and I think that's fine because mm-hmm. uh, KDB is probably it has to be the whether it's your only nailed on city asset or it's just like your only nailed on FPL asset. Period. Yeah, you've got to have him. He looks he looks amazing. I really hope he doesn't play in the Champions League at midweek. Uh, he'd be the one that I would drop to, uh, mostly because you could even make a move to Aubameyang, and I'm not sure how much you'd lose, mm-hmm. really. Yeah. Um, you know, so. All right. So let's take a little break and uh, we'll get back. We have a few actual player, like just real kind of strategy questions that we'll talk about in the lightning round. So right now we'll take a quick break. and We'll be right back. Josh, following a team you love in 2019 can be time consuming. Try following everything happening in sports is almost impossible. That's why we subscribe to Axios Sports, a modern sports page delivered directly to your email inbox. It is the best free daily newspaper in the land. When you sign up for free at sports.axios.com, you'll get the best stories from the NBA and NFL, cricket, Premier League, even ping pong. Everything in between. Axios Sports also highlights the most important stats and trends, giving you the ability to stay informed. It's super simple to sign up. And once again, it's free. Visit sports.axios.com. That's A-X-I-O-S.com. Join the 100,000 sports fans who get caught up on the day before it even begins. And best of all, there's no paywall, no subscription fee, nothing. This is free curated sports content delivered directly to you. Sign up at sports.axios.com. Brandon, I also want to take a moment to talk about Indochino. Indochino was founded on the belief that you don't need to spend a fortune on a custom wardrobe. It's the world's largest made-to-measure menswear brand. They make suits, shirts, coats, and more with everything made to measure. I wonder what the more is. Do you do you have any ideas? Like like Stetson hats? That's a, that's a good question. Yeah, undershirts perhaps, uh, <laughs> maybe at boxers. Who knows? Uh, lots of different options. Um, but uh, I love I love having anything that's actually tailored. I started. I recently got my uh, my neck and uh, arms, you know, measured. So now everything I buy can be actually fit me well, and mm-hmm. uh, it's it's really quite nice. Uh, process process is simple, Brandon. You choose your fabric, you pick customizations, and you submit your measurements. You can get measured and design your suit at your nearest Indochino showroom, or if there isn't one nearby, you can just go online and do it all at Indochino.com. Style your upgrade now with $30 off your purchase of $399 or more at Indochino.com when entering code BLUEWIRE, that's BLUEWIRE with no space, at checkout. Uh, plus, shipping is free. Uh, that's Indochino.com, promo code BLUEWIRE for $30 off your total purchase of $399 or more. It's an incredible deal for made-to-measure clothing. Take it from us, wearing clothes that actually fit will make a huge difference in your life. Brand, we're back. Final section this game week is the lightning round. It's a slightly longer lightning round this time around. I'll, I'll just I'll warn you right now. Uh, but I want this to be a true lightning round, Brandon. None of this uh, non-lightning round gobbledygook where we spend minutes <laughs> upon minutes on these on these answers. Mm-hmm. 30 seconds or less for all of these. Okay? You got Do you it. think we can actually stick to it this time? All right, let's do it. I feel good. All right. Uh, first question comes from – we'll let's just alternate the questions. How about mm-hmm. that? Uh, first one comes from FPL Husker Do. He says, after two blank game weeks, is the truth, a.k.a. Callum Wilson, a lie? <laughs> it, it's like the Madden curse, right? When the NFL player goes on the front cover of Madden, immediately they have a terrible season. So we gave Callum the truth, uh, Wilson, his signature nickname, and now he is uh, he's bad. 
I know. Um, T-shirts in production. What a, what a disaster. <laughs> no, both Pookie and The Truth were vying for um, space on our next Always Cheating T-shirt. And now they're just persona non grata around the FPL community. Um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's two blank game weeks. It's bad. You it, Now is the time where you start to think think about what else could I do with this money? But it is still two blank game weeks. Who else yeah. has two blank game weeks? Basically, Mo Salah. Uh, Sergio Aguero, Kevin De Bruyne, has, and and um, Raheem Sterling have been pulling up trees over the last two game weeks. Yeah. So the truth is in esteemed company. I would not st- yeah. begin freaking out about him just yet. No, he's he's the truth, Brandon, because he reflects what's going on in the world at any given time. Okay, so sometimes the truth is a blank. Okay, the truth to <laughs> me is not does not. I, I could have called him the best. Okay, I could have uh, yeah. called Kellum. He's not Kellum the best or Kellum the greatest, Wilson. No. He's Kellum the truth, Brandon. Yes. And whatever score he gets in a particular game week is the score that that game week merits. So yeah. I think it's very simple. Isn't there a mirror like this in Harry Potter, right? You look into the mirror and you see uh, it's where like he sees his parents or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You look at his score and you see what you could have done right or wrong <laughs> that game week. All right, next question here is from Roger Kendrick. Aguero, stick or twist? Personally, I think having a 12 million striker that only starts half the games is a waste. Roger, <laughs> I am an, also an Aguero owner and you took the words out of my mouth. It does feel like a waste. And on top of that, the whole promise of Aguero is, yeah, maybe he'll get rotated here or there, but when he plays, he'll really come good and he'll really make it worthwhile. And it's not the case. So with Aguero, for me, I am looking, he is on the chopping block to get rid of. And it will very much come down to how many minutes and how he looks midweek in the Champions League. Um it looks like Aguero is probably primed to start the home matches for uh, for City. So him playing midweek and then getting a start at home next weekend, I feel kind of okay about. So I think Aguero might get one more week for me, and then he's out. Yeah, uh, I would. You, it'd be very brave to drop him before a home match versus Aston Villa, even if you're doubting that he's going to start. I think. And, you know, if he's nursing this heel injury and he plays at midweek and plays 90 minutes, then he probably won't start this Saturday. You know, it's the the more like weird, fluky scheduling. The early match on Saturday is uh, is Man City, Aston Villa. Um, it's not, you know, there's no break given for them playing in the uh, in the Champions League this week. So, um, I, you know, I think it's a pretty compressed schedule for a lot of these a lot of these Man City assets, which makes it really tricky to captain them. I think you still have to captain them, but you know, it's like if if KDB gets a rest, he's the one I'll captain. If Sterling gets a rest, he's the one I'll captain. If they both start and both play a ton of minutes, then I think it's really going to be tricky. Right, I agree. It would be great if Aguero, if I could swap in Mane or Salah for Aguero, but the game doesn't work that way. So. Hmm. Yeah, uh, FP, it does not. And FPL Poland says what to do with Salah and Aguero. Uh, I thought I'd throw a Salah one in here as well because I have Salah. Sort of, he's sort of my Aguero. He says, uh, am I being stupid or stubborn? Uh, I think you are just uh, being a little unlucky. How about that? Yeah. Uh, people don't like talking about luck, Brandon, because it makes <laughs> it all seem 
random and pointless, but I think there, I think bad luck is a, is a thing. And I think there's a little bit of bad luck right now with Mo Salah. Uh, the injury is, uh, maybe you could have dropped him because of that. I think that would have, I guess it was fine. I mean, I guess in the end it was the right decision because he didn't play. Uh, but, um, I still think he's going to come good. I still am not imminently planning to drop Mo Salah. I mean, obviously if he's, if the ankle injury is so bad that he's not going to start again this weekend, then yeah, he's probably got to go. Yeah. Jeff Wah of Shma with the next lightning round question. The curse of the most transferred in player is totally real, right? Mane got two points this week. Mares one point last week and Tammy Abraham two points the week before that. So uh, how superstitious are we, Josh? This I mean, Mane yeah. two points this week. One little one little nick on his hand and it robs him of what would probably be eight points, like five points for the goal and him then raking in a lot yeah. of a fair and number bonus. of bonus. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, I don't know what it means. I mean, I guess uh, it's uh, obviously it doesn't always work out this way. There's a lot of times when you bring in a player uh, who did really well and they continue to do well. Uh, obviously players do have form, uh, but um, yeah, maybe there's a little bit of, we're chasing points a little too much right now. Uh, Mares, I never thought was a, was a good try. I, I just don't want to bring in a player who costs more than 8 million who I never know if they're going to start. Um, I didn't even include son in that category. Cause I feel like son is a, a player who every week, when you have him in your team, you're like, is he going to start, you know? And you just never want a player who costs that much money where you're just going to worry about it every, every weekend. Byron Brew says Jimenez is starting to show legitimate stats and he would have had a brace on Saturday were it not for VAR. You don't know that Byron Brew. Maybe he scores that goal and the whole match changes. You don't, you don't know that. Uh, it says, I don't think we need to debate too much whether or not he should be a transfer target, but how soon should we be jumping on board given the Europa League commitments? And if is, is it worth downgrading Salah or Sterling for? Mm. So, well, I mean, that's kind of a, they're both midfielders and he's a forward, but uh, I, I, yeah, just, just on the question of him. And as we talked about him already a little bit, I guess we kind of jumped the gun talking about him earlier in this, in the pod, but um, he's a player who I think is a legitimate option. I think he, when we talk about the game throwing you a bone and, and having some, having some fun and maybe trying to get on somebody a little bit early. Uh, I think he's a, a prime example and wolves have fantastic fixtures. I suppose, their game week 10 fixture is not well, actually, no, they play way to Newcastle. Excuse me. I was thinking of game week 11 when they play with Arsenal. Uh, yeah, they play Newcastle, Aston Villa, Bournemouth, Sheffield, West Ham, and Brighton in, uh, six of their nest, six of their next seven. Um, the one difficult match is away to Arsenal and Arsenal's defense is nothing to, to be super ba- worried about. Basically I mean, the, you know, so. the only fixtures I'd be counting as difficult in this league right now would be Manchester city and Liverpool and wolves don't have that yeah. until city in game week 19. So you're looking yeah. at uh, nine straight game weeks of decent fixtures for Jimenez, and he seems yeah. to be immune to the Europa League rotation. And there is there has been this cloud over Wolves all season with the Europa League, and it seems like they're finally starting to get some form in the Premier League, and that's good. We want to see that, so yeah. I'm into it. Yeah, and he's owned by less than ten percent of managers. So if you want to be a little different, he's a he's a great pick. He's a great Pookie replacement, I think too. All right, Matt Seward chimes in with Otamendi, Walker, Zinchenko not in the squad on Saturday. Are Cancelo and Mendy legitimate options to consider as differentials? So Matt Seward is looking for new nailed-on defensive op- options for Manchester City, but the real question Matt should be asking here is: Do we really want? 
to be buying into this Manchester City defense at at any price that I mean, if Cancelo costs 4.5, sure, I'm here for you. But anything beyond that, the city defense just feels like a bit of it's just wasted capital right now. I don't really have anything else to add. I, I agree with that. I, I think that uh, Mendy looked good. I have not been a huge Mendy fan on the season. Um, I thought he played really well yesterday. Um, he wasn't really sending in crosses or anything like that, but I just thought he had good speed. He was physical. Um, he felt like felt like an upgrade over Zinchenko, to be totally honest. And I, I could see why uh, why he was in the squad. Um, so, yeah, I think um, – uh, but I, yeah, I don't want either one of my team. I mean, Cancelo and Walker will probably alternate starts a lot this year when when they're both healthy. Uh, and Mendy has two players behind him in Zinchenko and Angelino, who are both legit starters. So um, yeah, I don't really yeah, want. Yeah, you could one. look at that uh, pa- uh, clean sheet to Palace, and it took Ederson um, having to uh, come out of his slumber to make two incredible saves late in that second half yeah. to rescue that clean sheet for City. So you're not going to be able to rely on Ederson doing that every single week. So to to buy into those non-clean sheets at above five million, uh, not recommending. Yep. Uh, all right. Next come, question comes from uh, Shiv, who says, "Who are the three most essential defenders to have over the next five weeks or so?" Hmm. Yeah, this is a tricky one. Well, Lundstrom jumps out at me. Lundstrom has weirdly mm-hmm. become. Uh, I think I had said he's received a battlefield commission now, just like immediately um, being graduated to a 4.5 plus million defender. <laughs> and you got to love that. Yeah. So uh, Lundstrom, Trent Alexander-Arnold, who um, nearly had an amazing assist to Mane on that disallowed goal against Manchester United. So he still looks incredible. Um, who would be my third? Uh, not that's where things get tricky. I I think I, I have been recommending this uh, either or scenario with your goalkeeper versus uh, your third defender. So if you have Nick Pope, then go for Lewis Dunk from Brighton. Or if you have Mm -hmm. Matt Ryan, go for Matt Loughton as your 4.5 defender. So you have either Brighton or Burnley coverage. Uh, Brighton have some, mixed fixtures coming up well manchester united in game week 12 and then liverpool in game week 14 as compared to burnley they have chelsea in game week 10 and then it's a pretty good run of four fixtures with sheffield united west ham watford and palace um so yeah i think it's either brighton or burnley plus trent plus uh lundstrom yeah i'm i'm good with that i just looking at like the you know the Next five game weeks, you know, Man United is at the top. I don't really trust them. Uh, Lester, maybe, maybe Pereira on Lester. How are you feeling about Soyuncu? Um, so you have him and he, uh, you know, he got his head on a set piece this weekend and he's still a relative bargain at 4.7. Yeah, I, I like him. Uh, I think uh, I think I'm, I, there's a good chance I actually start him uh, in game week 10 away to Southampton. So. Uh, I actually think their defense is pretty decent. They're one of the better defenses in the league this season. I mean, it's not saying much given the state of most of the defenses, but um, I'm I'm okay with him. All right, let's move on to uh, the next question. I think uh, I think you're up to to ask one. Oh, I am up. I see. Uh, okay. All right. Yes, Timbo wants to know Chelsea assets. How many to have from Tammy Mount and Hudson Odoi? 
why not all three? All three kind of seems like overkill, but in the same way, you can easily just swerve out of Mountain Hudson O'Doy in the midfield. I think Tammy is nailed on. Just get Tammy. Sure. You don't have to discuss that. Then you get to Mountain Hudson O'Doy, and the question would be, well, is Hudson O'Doy a differential overmount? I don't think that's a compelling argument yeah. because it's a wash, right? At yeah, best I mean, for O'Doy owners. Yeah, I think I mean Monda's still under seven million. He's got four goals and an assist in the season. Probably he and uh he and Abraham were a little lucky, unlucky not to get points yesterday. Um I still think O'Doy's a little unproven. And yeah, I just I don't know, two midfielders from a team I don't like hugely trust still um that's feel that feels like a little too much so that's then like every game week you're going with three players from the same team that just feels like to spread my risk around uh, a little more than that it's true they come up against a really annoying run of fixtures and then suddenly you're feeling uh you're feeling backed into a corner so that's there's a lot of competition for that hudson odoi spot with mcginn and now Grealish is vying for that attention and um well, is there any competition? I guess it's just Aston Villa that's competing for that spot. Pretty much, yeah. Um, I am sure we're Troussard when he comes back, maybe, right. uh, for Brighton. <clears throat> All right, two questions left. Uh, one comes from Jason Hughes. He says, who are the best captain options for game week 10? Well, Manchester City, I will have to captain Sergio Aguero yet again. I captained him mm-hmm. in game week nine, and that didn't that didn't really take. I think I captained mm-hmm. him. Uh, did I captain him in game week eight as well? Yep. Uh, he came through with two points there. But a home match to Aston Villa, this this runs counter to everything, right? We don't like to captain in the early Saturday kickoff. That's never fun, particularly if it uh, doesn't go very well. But it's a home match for one of the best home attacking teams in the league. So, you know, as tired and... Uh, wrote as it is to say i think it still is manchester city um yeah i think so too uh, i think that i'll you know again i mentioned it earlier but you know if any of the key man city assets don't start at midweek uh, i think that i would be looking at that player to be my captain uh i think uh you know liverpool at home to spurs if salah is back and healthy looks good at midweek or just comes on in the second like if he came on it's like a sub in midweek that'd be kind of perfect actually um so i think he would be if you want to be a little bit different i think he's an option uh i don't really i mean i guess you know the chelsea assets i don't love them as captains away to burnley i i just don't see that being a game where they score a yeah it feels like a, maybe a one-two victory for chelsea if they pull out that win yeah, and then you know Newcastle's good enough at home that I don't see. You know, I was thinking like Jimenez, like some Wolves asset. You know, just to be a little different. I, I don't love that. I, I guess a bombing if we had him at home to Palace, but even Palace's defense is pretty good. So um, I think yeah, you're sort of you, you keep eliminating players, and suddenly it's like maybe Callum Wilson uh, yeah. uh, way to Watford. I, that seems like a you know I know people will be frustrated because he just blanked, but uh, it's hard. Bournemouth have gone scoreless two matches in a row, which is very rare for them and so i think they're they're probably due to to do something you know so yeah I, I, i'd feel it, good about them it is an interesting week to consider the road captain with vardy away to southampton and the truth away to watford so yeah two interesting differential captains there with yeah Tom wilson and jamie vardy yeah vardy would be fun too uh final question luke says how do you feel about Matip? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, one I feel like we could come back to time and time again. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're just taking the temperature this week on Matip, 
Uh, I feel great. I feel good. Um, I actually caught uh, on the Liverpool Instagram. There was like a hype reel, a sizzle reel for Joel Mata. Mm-hmm. Yep. Some, just some great I, I tackles. I didn't see that, but yeah, I I, <laughs> I missed that sizzle reel, but I, it sounds you like, could imagine. like a good one. You yeah. could imagine. I don't know this guy. <laughs> This guy, he doesn't, particularly when he's standing next to Virgil van Dyke, he doesn't look very cool. He doesn't nope. have like a cool name. Mm-hmm. Uh, just does generally just doesn't seem like a cool sensation. That's going to get, like fun. Uh, no, yeah, bad, exactly. bad taste in music. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All that said, I think that that does uh, overshadow the fact that he is a pretty good defender. And I think he's been pretty great for Liverpool. Indeed. Uh, I, yeah, I think uh, nothing I want to add there. So Brandon, that's, those are our questions. Uh, Game week 10, we've already taken a look at it. I think the one thing to note is uh, just that there is a Friday match. Uh, Southampton play Leicester. Um, I have to decide whether my desire to play Sun Yunku in this match is just to have a player in that Friday match Uh because it is fun to have a player in that game isn't it well who uh, would you who would you bench if you played Sayonju who do you bench yeah I think it would be uh, Lundstrom Lundstrom or Sayonju and it's just whether who I think would have a better chance of uh, keeping a clean sheet Leicester away to Southampton or Sheffield away to West Ham I feel like West Ham are pretty decent at home reasonably attacking Uh, Southampton I don't totally trust their tackle they've actually been okay of late uh so you know i, I just think Leicester's defense is pretty solidly put together right now yeah um and uh, i think they'll have more of the ball too yeah i like that uh, whereas yeah yeah it's, it's, a, it's a coin flip i will be playing lundstrom because i do not have uh other choices in my defense i'll mm-hmm. bench i'm gonna bench matt Loughton, who's uh hosting chelsea uh pretty sure chelsea will be able to score against burnley so yeah i'm looking at van dyke and Issa Diop. Now, Issa Diop, a zero-pointer this weekend, and West Ham just kind of fell to pieces at Goodison Park. But I think yeah. Diop looked really good. He was putting in Van Dyke as tackles. He was reading the game really well. Um, mm-hmm. It's not his fault that uh, the West Ham midfield just kind of disintegrates right in front of him. Yeah, uh, my boy Fredericks is definitely starting in that match too. Um, yeah. He loved me. I love me a Ryan Fredericks performance, Brandon, as, <laughs> as you know. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. So yeah. So it's a Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. The Sunday matches. Uh, those final two matches would be kind of fun. It could be Pookie's final match in my team. Uh, so that's a sad thing. Uh, I'm going to keep him for that Man United match, though. I, I that that seems like the kind of match where they sort of counterintuitively will get something out of him, right? Like yeah. they've had all these relatively easy matches and he's got nothing out of them. Uh, so of course, a uh, Man United team that's back in form will, uh, will get uh, beaten three, one at home or something by Norwich. So, or, you know, way at Carroll road. I think my biggest question for um, game week 10 is Arsenal because I'm now at the point mm-hmm. where I'm ready to maybe buy a bombing. That's going to take something special. I think, uh, watching Arsenal play Sheffield United on Monday night tomorrow to really yeah. sell me on buying into this team because it just I'm just not there yet. But I think and and Palace decent enough team. I don't know. Does it feel yeah. like the right time to to go in on Arsenal game week ten? Yeah, he doesn't need much to score. I think that's what that's what makes him fun. Uh, if Mo Salah is really seriously injured and out again, I would probably burn four and bring in Aubameyang. To be totally honest, I think yeah. I would I would have had enough by then. 
Okay. Uh, all right, Brian. Well, that is the podcast. Uh, once again, if you'd like to support the podcast on Patreon, we would very much appreciate it. Go to patreon.com slash always cheating. Uh, we have some producer thank yous to do, Brandon. You want to read those off? Sure. Thank you to Peter Bodachtel, Barry McGuire, Paul Herzig, Victor Forberg, Skogang, Andy Penn, Jazz Binning, Chris Carter, Babas Kuhn, James Holland, Alan Creasy, Blair Jacobson, Nick Wright, Stian Niehaus, Kaya Christine, Lelang, Ben Grant, Jeff Husby, Trevor Ingerson, Brian T., Jim Payne, Brian Chin, Travis West, Frederick Kean Gransky, Dave Wagner Lodal, Brian Johnson, Adam Benjamin, Martin Savage, Chris Howell, Stephen Toomey, and Mike DiPietro. Everyone, please remember to rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, wherever you get your podcasts. And Josh, we're all over social media. Where can folks find us? That's right. And it was, it's Brian Jacobson, not Brian Johnson. Just one quick correction there. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Hail Cheaters, Instagram at Hail Cheaters. Facebook is at Always Cheating. Uh, that's Facebook.com slash Always Cheating. Email us, HailCheaters at gmail.com and visit the website, AlwaysCheating.com. So, uh, yeah, we do get a fair number of emails uh, directly to the email uh, service and it goes to both of our uh, personal accounts. So if you message us, we will see it uh, almost guaranteed. Thank you to everyone who supports the podcast and good luck in game week 10. Let's, let's have a good one. Let's, let's I mean, take it back. Uh, I don't want any of you listening to have a good one. I want me to have a good one <laughs> and me alone. Everyone knows what that means, Josh. Yes. Uh, when, yeah, when yeah. we wish the listeners good luck, we're just wishing ourselves good luck and that's okay. That's fine. <laughs> that's right. And they're doing the same thing. So it all, it works out for everybody. When we win, you win. Yeah. So uh, praise, praise Poku. And, and Hey, congratulations to Lord Soloth who scored a, did he have a brace? I think he. I think he had a couple of goals, at least one goal uh, over the international break. So uh, bring him back, Crystal Palace. You need Absolutely. it. Hail Lord Sorloff. Hail Lord Sorloff. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.